ATS Podcast, Episode 8. We're back. We're here. Got a lot to talk about. I'm here with Brandon Freeman, Jack Verone, and Ryan Balow. And we are going to talk all things NBA and NHL playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about Kentucky Derby. So let's dive in. Here we go. Kentucky Derby. Fetters are not happy. 80 to 1 Rich Strike took it home in the 148th Kentucky Derby. Before we get into this, did you guys bet on anyone? What, what was the bet? What was the play? What, what do we think was the play at least? I, I did not personally place any bets. I honestly didn't even know the Kentucky Derby was happening until 9 a.m. that day. Not super into horse racing, but obviously you can't not watch the Kentucky Derby if you're a sports fan. But I, I was just insane. I mean, obviously he was like dead last in the field or odds wise, but it's insane that happened. I actually, I had a small wager on Cyberknife at a plus 1400. I got him at and he did not come to run, but uh, it was great to see an underdog uh, cash out for Vegas. Cause I mean, you never see upsets in a, a foot race between horses, you, you know, the fastest horse usually wins every time. It's never really a long shot, but at 80 to one, I mean, I'd like to see anyone that bet on that horse. Even the, uh, even the owner of that horse was pretty shocked in his interview, but yeah, that was crazy to see that horse come from, you know, horrible positioning in the back of the middle of the pack. And that last stretch was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, this was the greatest upset odds wise since 1913. It was a 91 to one long shot odds right there so it's crazy but you know crazy shit and let's go into something we know more about <laughs> let's go to the nba playoffs um the east is looking somewhat tight the west is looking somewhat tight as well heater up to well sixers i'm pretty sure just one so that's two two uh, milwaukee is up on boston two to one Dallas and Phoenix are tied at two. Warriors up two to one in Memphis. So I wanted to talk about this Warriors series. There's been a lot going on. Draymond getting ejected. Dylan Brooks getting suspended. Ja is probably going to miss game four. What do we think about all of that? Because I, I have my opinions on both of them. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm curious about what you guys think about the suspension and the eject, just like basically everything, the whole series, like everything. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely the series to watch for right now with all the, all the, all the beef going on and the the physicality. But that Dylan Brooks play was just flat out dirty. I think Dylan Brooks, I, I love his passion, but he is a he's a dirty player, and I mean there was no chance of him making a play on that ball when Gary Payton's already at the rim. Um, I actually thought one game wasn't even enough for that suspension, but uh, considering Gary Payton's injury. But I will comment this on the playoffs. It's unbelievable to see the balance restored around the league. I mean, any of these teams you can make a case for to make a run. Um, now that John Morant's out, that's a whole different series. Um, I don't think the Grizzlies even have a fighting chance without him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if there's any sort of suspensions after – you know what happened last game, but the Grizzlies better hope that Jaw gets healthy soon because it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly fast if the Grizzlies are without him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting because, well, first of all, I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, Philly didn't win yet; <laughs> game's not even close to over. Yeah. So, uh, they're winning right now, but it's not even close to over. So before we say two to two, Miami's up two to one of them. But um, yeah, what's interesting about the Grizzlies without Jaw? They're very good. And if I'm not mistaken, they were like, what, 21 and two or something like, yes, it's a playoffs. Like, you know, it's a whole different sport and jobs and balling. He had 47 points against them, like whatever. But I think it's going to be really, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people how good Memphis is without them, unless it's just been a fraud all season. Um, I thought Draymond's foul did not really deserve an ejection. I think it was a flagrant one, not a flagrant two. Dylan Brooks, I thought it was a well-deserved suspension. Um, and then the Jordan Poole injury, I don't know if you guys saw, but John Morant tweeted after the game, and he tweeted, broke the code, as in, like, Steve Kerr talking about Dylan Brooks' foul, breaking the code. And he deleted it, like, right after the tweet went viral. I think he kind of knows that maybe it wasn't intentional on Jordan Poole's part. But, look, I think the Warriors are going to win that series. I don't think it's going to be easy for them. I think they're going to take in either six or seven. 
Um, hopefully Ja gets healthy because we'd love to see a – I mean, it's been my favorite series to watch, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I think Golden State takes that. What about you, Freeman? Yeah, I mean, I was very wrong about this Grizzlies team. I said – I think it was, like, literally a day or two before the playoffs started that they weren't actual contenders. And, you know, without Ja, who knows what they are, but he's carrying this team. They're very good. Um, like you said, without him, I doubt it goes past six games. You know, obviously, I'd love to see him play. This series has been amazing back and forth. Um, as for the, you know, suspensions and injuries, obviously, you never like to see a player get hurt. But, you know, the Jordan Poole one, obviously, I don't think that was intentional. But who knows his intentions at the heat of the moment, whatever. Um, yeah, definitely the Dylan Brooks one. That's very unnecessary, in my opinion. Um, you know, my question is, if it's the regular season, you think he gets, you know, three or four games or even more? Because I, I think it's like the playoffs. So they kind of have to say, like, like you can't do that, but we don't want to, like, take him out of this series for the rest of the time. Yeah, it's a good point, honestly. Um, I think, you know, one game was, you know, people argued. People, Some people were like, oh, well, Draymond didn't get any games, so why would Dylan Brooks get any? Yeah. You know, it, the debate can go on and on. Um, another series I wanted to highlight was the Bucks versus Celtics. That was a crazy game three. Um, came down to the final seconds. A lot of questionable no calls. Um, I thought they were good no calls, but, you know, I see the debate for both sides. The Marcus Smart uh, potential push off, but then the tip in. I mean, crazy series. Who do you guys think is going to take that one? Bucks are up two to one. I mean, I that's honestly – with Job ja being out, I think my attention has shifted to that series as the most competitive and most evenly matched. Um, I think if Middleton's there, I think the Bucks win it in six. But, I mean, this series has all the makings of a seven-game series. I think it's going the distance in seven. And, I mean, game seven in the garden with that Boston home crowd and the way they play at home, I honestly think the Celtics win this in seven. Um, but, I mean, I could see it going either way. But if Middleton was there, I think it'd be a completely different series. Yeah, I mean, you got game four coming up in Milwaukee. Ooh, it's it's tough. I mean, it's been back and forth all – not like the series, obviously, but the games themselves. You know, that tip in I – th I thought that was good for a couple seconds before they showed the slow-mo. Um, yeah, Chris Middleton obviously makes a huge difference. But I, I – I think the Celtics pull through. I do. I think they're just so deep compared to the Bucs. You know, Giannis, he's playing like every minute of every game. He's getting like hacked and whacked. I saw, I don't know if you guys saw his like post-game presser, like calling out the refs, but also yeah. not doing it at the same time. It was brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I obviously I think there's no way you can get fined for that, but he's also calling attention to it. But I, I think the Celtics just have the depth to get it done. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy series, and I actually have the Bucs winning. Um, the thing I don't like about Boston <clears throat> is that offensively, they look really timid. Um, you know, they're driving, but, you know, Tatum played the worst game of his life because he was just afraid to go up with it. And that's just like the the presence of Giannis and Brooke Lopez and, and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, they just can't figure out Giannis Antetokounmpo. They literally can't figure him out. I don't think anyone can to be fair yeah but boston specifically just throws them off completely because they're deep and they can use their bench to give them great minutes but it's all going to come down to the role players honestly because we know you know tatum had a bad game we know he's going to be fine same thing with jalen brown you know those guys are going to show up every game if the celtics can make their open shots they're going to win this series other than that i think the bucks take this in six maybe even five honestly but Really? We'll find out. I, I really think that Giannis has just – once they get Middleton back too, like they're doing this without Middleton. That's the crazy. Do we know part. when he's coming back? I think he's being reevaluated soon. I'm not too sure. I was say, yeah. um, he's probably not going to be back for a little bit, um, you know, probably not until like a potential game six or seven. But I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know – even without him, there are guys that like Pat Connaughton has stepped up. Um, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen has stepped up as a great defense. He's been great. 
Bobby Portis has been like, they have these guys that are such good role players. So you put them around Giannis. I think they're taking this series pretty quickly. I, I don't know. Boston's a great team and I wouldn't be surprised if they won, but if they don't figure out Giannis or anything else, they're going to be fucked. No, I mean, but, game four in Milwaukee, chance to take 3-1 lead. That that could be it right there. I mean, you go up 3-1, yeah. that's hard to come back from. Obviously. If Milwaukee wins game four, series is over. Oh, I it's mean, over. Yeah, but I think I, mean, I think Boston bounces back. Yeah. I mean, look, they were a tipping away from winning game three. Like Robert Williams – I don't know if you guys, you guys probably saw. Robert Williams is tipping. Should have gone in. It was sporadic, but he caught the ball, and it's just like – it was just – just flew out of his hands. And they were like 0.5 seconds away from winning. So it's definitely a winnable game. I, I don't know. The Bucs are really, really, really good. So, um, and then Phoenix and Dallas, Lucas just unreal. I mean, there's not much to say about that. They tied it up two to two. Um, quickly, who do we think is going to take that? I still think the Suns, just because, I mean, the, the Mavericks, those, I don't trust, you know, I think Finney Smith hit like seven or eight threes tonight. I mean, they're relying on him and Kleba and, you know, Dinwiddie's been struggling. Kleba's this playoffs. Kleba's huh? good. Kleba's good. Kleba's good, but I just, you know, Luca literally puts his team on his back. Oh, the yeah. Suns are so much better rounded, better defensively too. I, I love Aiton's game. I don't see – the Mavs don't really have a center that can match up with him. But, I mean, Lu, what Luca does is unbelievable. I mean, he – the impact he has on a game, I, I think if you're starting a franchise with anyone right now for the next 15 years, I, I'm taking Luka Doncic. I don't care. This guy's going to be – he's going to be shattering all, all these all-time records. I mean, he's going to be the face of the NBA for a long time going forward, and he's yeah. fun to watch, man. He's, he's unbelievable because if you took him off that Mavericks team, they're drafting in the top three every year. I mean – this guy carries a team like no one else in the league right now. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and the thing is, he literally shot one for ten from three today, and he yeah. still ended up with twenty six and eleven. Like it's unbelievable. It, it's oh, they got the Latvian laser. Yeah. He plays at his own pace. He's physical. He can score from anywhere. It's 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 fun to watch, and he's twenty three years old. I mean. He's ridiculous, but yeah, fuck the lot. If you're listening to this, Davis Bertans and Spencer Dimwitty, where the fuck was this in dc like <laughs> where was whatever Freeman, what do you think i mean that series they're all such good series um god again like i feel like i say this for every series but like depth 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 the suns are like you know they're six guys deep at like who could all start i mean and then like you said like it's all luca not all luca but you know he's playing out of his mind i mean mm-hmm I'm tempted to say, you know, it's best of three now at this point. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. dude, the bottom line is the NBA playoffs are back. I mean, we've oh, been yeah. used to the last six years where, you know, the first round games, you know, sweep, sweep, the Cavs sweep. and Warriors, it's a sweep every time. And then you, it's the one versus the two seed in the conference finals every year. And you know who the championship is if you've watched any basketball in the last five years. This year, I mean – if you ask any analyst on ESPN who they have in their finals, I'm sure there's 10 different combinations. I mean, anyone could go. Yeah. Anyone could go if these teams left, and that's what makes people want to watch. Absolutely. And I think this series is going to go to seven. I think all the home teams are going to win. I got the Suns in seven. I was um, I like that. Yeah, I like that. it's just like these home court advantage is huge, but these teams are just – I don't know. It's, I just think it's going to go that way. Um you know, Luca's a cheat code, but the Suns are the Suns. They've been the most winningest team for the last two or three seasons, I'm pretty sure. So they're tough. And then our last one's Miami Philly. This one's an interesting one because Embiid's back. Um, they're currently up four right now with five minutes left in the third. Um, if they win this, because let's be real, if Miami wins this game, it's probably going to go their way. But if Philly wins this game, do we think Philly's going to win this series? I think I think this one's similar to what you said with the Suns series. I don't see either of these teams winning on the road. Road, yeah. Um, I think it, they're pretty unique the way they're uh, structured because the Heat are just so deep. They can send in. I mean, they've got Duncan Robinson who doesn't even play. Yeah, that's like the I mean, craziest they, thing. Why? I, I don't Why? understand that at all, especially with his contract. But I mean, right. Tyler Hero off the bench 
it's i mean that's just a cheat code um i mean they've got tough like junkyard dogs pj tucker who i love kyle lowry old deep i mean they've got guys who are the type of players you want in the playoffs they're gritty they're physical they knock down open shots the Sixers, I mean, it, it all comes down basically to Embiid. I mean, you saw what they looked like without him. They look like a, a, a men's league team without Joel Embiid in there. But, I mean, there's not much depth on the Sixers. So, if Embiid and, Har- if, uh, Embiid and Harden aren't playing, I mean, they don't have much else. Because, I mean, it's a, ma- it's a three-headed monster. And then your next best bet is maybe Korkmaz or Niang. I mean, those guys just got to dominate. Yeah, they really do. And, you know, Harden, again, is not playing amazing in the playoffs. Uh, who, who saw that one coming? But, yeah, it's a very, very interesting series because I honestly thought the Heat were going to win in five games. I think they're honestly a much better all-around team when it comes to offense defense. I think they're much better. But, you know, as long as you got Joel Embiid in there, as long as you got Maxie and, I guess, Harden, this is going to be a really tough series. Both teams are very good defensively, but the Heat are just, they weren't talked about all year. They're very under the radar. They're just showing out. Kyle Lowry's playing like ass, but besides that, yeah, I mean, he's literally three for 10 tonight. He's like over six for three tonight. Like he's over 30 pounds. Yeah, he, he's got a. It's like Zion. He's, <laughs> he's got to step it up, but I don't understand why Duncan Robinson isn't playing. I guess it's a defense kind of thing liability i I have no idea but yeah i think the heat are going to take the series uh i think it's going to be close especially if philly wins today today. um but i think miami takes this soon but philly is very good so i wouldn't be surprised if they won either freeman did you did you oh yeah you did okay yeah so let's go let's go to the nhl let's go to freeman's Uh, favorite time freeman's favorite Topic. So the NHL playoffs, they are good. Oh, we have a, we have someone else joining us right now. Ryan Bayo is here. Oh, he's here, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Bayo. Bayo, everyone. Sorry to hop on late, fellas. Nah, you're good. We just talked some NBA. We just talked some Kentucky Derby, and now we're in the NHL. So wait, I'm curious. Let's backtrack a bit, really quickly. Just give us your winners for all four of the series in the NBA. Yeah. Oh, so let's see. Jumping right into it. The Suns, I think, come out of that Mavs series. I've honestly was very surprised that the Mavs were able to pick up these last two games. Um, I was kind of taken back by that sixth foul and Chris Paul in that game. I, I didn't think that was a foul, but I mean, I guess by the book it is. I didn't think the whistle should have been blown. Um, not that that would have changed the outcome of today's game, but I definitely do think the Suns will win game five. And I don't also think they probably win game six in Dallas. Um, Going to the Milwaukee series. That's a tough one. Um, That was a great game three. I'd say that one, honestly, is a coin flip. I I think the Celtics are a better team without Middleton with the Bucs. So I think the Celtics still have a very good chance to win that series. But the fact that they're down, I'd probably go with Milwaukee. But I do like the Celtics probably to win game four and even that series. That, that, that one should go to seven. That's a, those are two even match teams. And then I'd say the Heat. And then what am I forgetting now? The Sixers series. Warriors. I think, oh, the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors should win that series. Um, no problems. Warriors, Suns, Heat. And it sounds and... like John Morant's going to be out game four, which is yeah. obviously – the, the Memphis has been good without John in the past, but I mean, the playoffs, different story. Playoffs, yeah. Whole different story. That, yeah, that's what we were saying. So, all right, Bela, nice picks there. Let's go NHL. Freeman, it's your time to shine, baby. Let's, Ooh, talk, yeah. let's talk the cast. Yeah, Number I mean, one, baby. Let's go. Oof. I mean, it's, it's the playoffs. I think NHL playoffs are different than, you know, pretty much every sport. Actually, I mean, NFL is pretty much any given Sunday, obviously, but. You know, you got the Capitals here who are technically the eighth seed in the East, but, you know, the East was very good this year. Um, I think within the past decade, there it's happened two times where the top seed has been upset, or the President's Trophy team, rather, which is the best team in the NHL, has been upset. Capitals have had it happen to them, actually, and they've done it. 
So it, I don't want to say it doesn't surprise me that the Caps are up 2-1, but I think obviously, you know, the Panthers have been heavy favorites in all three games so far. But, you know, this Caps team, they're built for the playoffs. Big, heavy team with lots of grizzled veterans. Can I ask you one quick question, Friedman? Oh, I'm yeah. just kind of curious. Is that If you could make this answer as non-biased as possible, if you were a betting man right now, do you think the Capitals still win the series? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, if, if you're just going like – if you're forgetting the odds, I think – like you're just straight up picking a team to win. I, I honestly think you have to take the caps. So I guess that kind of throws away the question regardless. I think the Panthers are still probably. What is their series price? It's probably that pick them, honestly. That wouldn't surprise Let's me. See if I can pull it up, honestly. I'm pretty curious because I saw that they're plus 150 at home tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, we haven't been the best at home all season, but, you know, ho- you look and see. Hopefully they can build off that win, but. Then again, you could also have the opponent saying, you know, Panthers are going to be angry after that loss. So it could go either way. I mean, obviously you'd love to see the home team win, but. So I, I just know, got this, I just got the, the odds up. The Panthers are still minus 130 to win the series. Caps plus 110. So yeah, pretty I mean, even. I want to like, I, I obviously when you're up two to one in the series, I feel like there's value on if you take a plus 110 team there. I mean, that's right. pretty damn good odds, but. I mean, I, this is, it's been phenomenal back and forth all three games. Well, I shouldn't say that. The second game was very ugly, but. Yeah, but it's okay. They picked up <laughs> two dubs here. And big game tomorrow, too. Hopefully, the Cats yeah, bring it home. I know you guys probably don't watch the other games, but, I mean. I've, other than watched, this, I've dabbled a little in it, but I don't know okay. too much, obviously. I watched the, I watched the uh, Lightning game today, actually. The that game, game was, killed them. They, yeah, I mean, that yeah. series, one team has blown out the other in, like, every game. The one team, I don't know too much about hockey, but the one team that really has stood out to me in this first round is the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, they're unbelievable. That I mean, team is so they're, they're up three, they're up three nothing, right? Yeah. Three nothing. That team's the favorite, in, in my yeah. opinion. They have to be. They have an easy path or easier, but and I mean, even even though they're up three nothing, like you know, they've game two that went into overtime. So like I don't want to say it's been like a blowout, but I have this is why I love the NHL. Every series is competitive. I mean, every right. series is 2-2 or 2-1 right now, other than, as you just mentioned, Colorado. But every single series is competitive. So I have a question. So are any of these series, like, surprising you? Like, is there any team that you're just like, wow, like, I can't believe they're up 2-1, I can't believe they're up whatever? Is there any team that's, like, shocked you? I mean, obviously, as we talked about earlier, I think the Caps being up 2-1 on the Panthers, right. especially starting on the road, is surprising. But honestly – Dallas and Calgary, I don't get to watch a lot of West Coast games because, you know, they start at 10, 11 p.m. sometimes. So it's hard to catch those games. But from what I have seen, Calgary was very good in the regular season. And Dallas, right. you know, not that great. But anytime you can go two to two going into game five, that's, I think, a great spot to be in. That was the one I, I don't, I follow hockey a little throughout the year, but I've, I've obviously seen that Calgary was very good this whole season. And Dallas kind of just snuck into the field, and they've made a very competitive series. So that, I'd say, is a pretty big shock to everyone. Uh, the other one, I don't—I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but the Carolina Hurricanes were also a very dominant team, and the Bruins are hanging around in that series. That, I think, they just evened up two to two today. Yeah. Um, playoff hockey, man. We might see a Caps-Penguins rematch in the semis. That would be unreal. Um, just to see Ovi go against Crosby one last time. Uh, maybe. Conference finals, conference finals. Conf- or that, that wouldn't be in the next round? Mm-mm. Oh, I thought it would be in the next round. See, that, that shows you my hockey knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brim, any last, any last uh, predictions or anything you want to say before we dive into our next topic? Uh, I mean, just, I guess, a recap, you know, obviously – if you're not watching the NHL playoffs, I definitely think you should give it a go. If you have 20, 30 minutes of free time, it's you cannot get a bad game. There's just no bad games on. Watch our Capitals tomorrow. TJ Oshie is going to bring it home, baby. Oh, boy. All right, let's James go. Out. Can you hear me? Hello. 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 Just not talking for a second. Hello? Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, you lagged out for like Yeah, I know. Seconds. All right, well, I was just saying, watch TJ Oshie and our Cats bring it home tomorrow, baby. That's all we got to do. So let's go into our next topic. Um, NFL draft. We haven't talked about it. Crazy night. 
um, our uh, fellow uh, Eagles fan probably has some great things to say about it. Um, AJ Brown was traded and they drafted Jordan Davis. They did a lot of big moves. Jack, what do we think? How do we feel? You're on mute, Jack. Well, you're, you're on mute. <laughs> usually, usually draft day is a day of sorrow and, and misery for Eagles fans. We had to sit through the Jalen Rieger fucking catastrophe, the J.J. Arcega Whiteside pick. I mean, this was, this was the best draft I've ever seen in my life as an Eagles fan. Uh, to get A.J. Brown at that value – is it's just a crime. I mean, if we were to draft a receiver at 18, it would have been what Traylon Burks or, or Dotson from Penn State. Those guys will never be half the player AJ Brown is. Jordan Davis, 6'6, 350. I mean, you can't even you can't even call a run play against Jordan Davis. It's he he'll clog up everything. You add him to that defensive line. They they probably are the best defensive line in the league. But I mean, the the highlight of the draft for me was getting to Kobe Dean in the third round. People people question his health because there was rumors about a pec surgery. He shut that down. Um, he's already been practicing in rookie uh, mini camp. He's been a full go. The guy just eats, sleeps, breathes football. I mean, perfect guy to have on the organization. You pair him up with Jordan Davis. That defense is going to be scary if we can get one more corner. But there was a lot of teams that made some good moves in the draft. I like what the Jets did, um, adding three instant starters uh, to that team. The Giants, I like their first two picks. I think Neal is a as sure sure thing as it gets um, from a left tackle perspective. But the Eagles have got to be the biggest winner from that draft. I am biased, but that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, – You got to burn it. Eagles are definitely, I obviously, I don't want to necessarily say the winner, but they definitely had a top three draft, in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of teams had a very strong draft day, draft week. You know, there's a lot of teams who, a lot of trades, um, a lot of teams who got a lot of needs. But one team I think absolutely bombed it was the Patriots. I don't know what Bill Belichick is doing. He took a guy that was projected late second round, mid third round, and got they him in the first. QB. It, I, I mean, like, I don't like that one bit. Not only did they take a QB, he he didn't he go over like Malik Willis and um, he went over a bunch. No, of them, no, 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 not Malik, but he did go over Malik. like yeah. Howell and like um, some other guys in Prague. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, totally agree. Like he always gets these guys in the fourth and fifth rounds. That's what he's known for. But I but like I mean, is he at this point? Like besides break, like you know what I'm saying? Like. Kyle Duggar, like he's drafted these like no name guys that go to these no name schools, and like yeah, they're good, but like Bill can't really draft. Bill was able to draft, but his drafting recently, the first uh, round, you just got to take the best available, in my opinion. Yeah, that's how it goes. I think I, I think Bill Belichick tries to just be too smart and try to think way too outside the box, right? Like, instead of just taking the obvious the obvious selections. I totally agree. Totally agree. I think honestly, in this draft, there were so many teams that did very well but like you're saying the Patriots like they kind of just were surprising but I think that's kind of just Belichick who he is you never know what he's going to do the one one of the teams that really jumped out of me and I think they're doing great things in is the New York Jets um mm-hmm. they, they they drafted their first four selections you go Sauce Gardner and then you go with Garrett Wilson and you get Jermaine Johnson and then still get Brees Hall I mean, and he could have gone top ten. By the way, Jermaine Johnson was literally—he's a beast. As a top 100%. ten, yeah. I mean, they just said basically we're going to take the best available guy and just get a bunch of skill guys around. And if you look at that offense now, I've I've pretty much always been a believer in Zach Wilson. Yeah, I think he that he's got a ton of talent. He he was in a shit situation, but his situation is better. Don't be surprised if the Jets make some noises here. Honestly, uh, that's, that's 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 bad. That's that's bad thing. They're not going to make noise this year. I I'm mean, not saying they're going to make noise, but they could potentially even sneak into the playoffs. I think this year. Oh, you should have saved that for your hot takes part. Yeah, yeah, we have a hot take segment. <laughs> the new the other Jets team, the other on. team, the other team that I want to talk about, and I think they did a very good job is the Detroit Lions. I'm talking and look yes. at these teams. 
agree. They picked Jameson Williams. They got Aiden Hutchinson. If you look at that that Lions offense, you got DeAndre Swift. You got now Jameson Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown. You also DJ have Chark. DJ Chark. DJ Chark. DJ I mean, yeah, he's been battling injuries, but he definitely has the potential to be a solid receiver in the NFL. You got a young team out there with guys that really have nothing to lose but play football. Um, yep. Not saying that they're going to turn around and be a Super Bowl contender, which they most definitely aren't, but those two teams in particular, I think that they've done a fantastic job with their rebuild and they're taking great steps to becoming a new good franchise. Yeah, I totally agree, but I don't think we mentioned the Baltimore Ravens picking up I was Kyle say... and Tyler Linderbaum in the first round. I oh. know they traded Hollywood Brown, but I don't get that. I mean, I well, look, Hollywood had a good season last year. I think for the Ravens offense. I think they need a more of a go-to receiver rather than a deep threat. Um, I think I Bateman is – Yeah, I think Bateman is kind of turning into, you know, they wanted to be their guy, but they're still looking to add a receiver. But, I mean, Kyle Hamilton being in Baltimore is ridiculous. You can play him at safety. Ridiculous. He's a pass rusher. He's like, you can put him anywhere. He also could have gone top ten. Linderbaum's going to give Lamar great protection. Um, they picked up the, the edge from Michigan and Travis Jones, who's like a – athletic freak um they are they are really good i like them going really far this year i this could be their year honestly it's going to come down to lamar obviously um but you know when healthy i mean they played last season with like none of their defensive starters being healthy jk dobbins went down gus edwards went down like all of them went down mark andrews was literally their entire offense him and lamar um, and he's already arguably the best tight end in the league. So they did a great job in the draft. I love what they did. Baylor was talking about the Jets. They did a great job. But the Chiefs also That's did a great what job. I, was I, thought. To next. I thought the Chiefs, and it's so crazy because everyone kind of not wrote them off after the Tyreek trade, but they picked up Sky Moore. They got McDuffie. Um, the, uh, George, what's his name? The guy from Purdue, Carlaftis, I believe. Carlaftis, yeah. yeah. Carlaftis. Studs, 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 studs. They're going to be good. Again, you got Patty and Kelsey still there. I thought they did a great job. But, yeah, a lot of teams made a lot of good moves. Obviously, the Eagles. Yeah, I really, really like this draft from a lot of teams. Um, I was a little surprised to see Drake London as the first receiver. I'm not saying he's the worst receiver in the class, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I thought Garrett Wilson was getting taken first. So, that's the one surprise I had. I mean, the one thing I do want to point out there, boys, I think we remember about a month ago when we were talking about our hot takes in the NFL draft, Sky Moore, that's the guy I said don't sleep on. He's in a great system now. I I think I do remember that, yeah. Not saying he's going to turn into the next Tyreek Hill, but none of you guys knew his name until he's still this draft. He's going to be a great guy out of there. These Mac receivers tend to do well in the NFL. And just throwing Patrick Mahomes, it's pretty hard to not do well. So I definitely like the Chiefs, and yeah. they definitely recognized that their one weakness was their secondary. Traded up and took Trent McDuffie, who's a very good, proven cornerback out of Washington. The Chiefs honestly got better. Um, they they, they lost to Rekill, but they had a great draft, and that that division is just scary. I really have no uh, idea. It's what unbelievable. If you're a fan <laughs> of one of those four teams, good luck. And uh, that's I, I, another. Another thing Ginger, I wanted to add on to Ginger's because, first of all, the Ravens, it just seems like every year they get unbelievable value at the picks that they possess. And the fact that Kyle Hamilton, some people were saying he was the best player in the draft. The fact that he fell to 14 is just a crime. It's a but crime. The, thing about, the thing about Hollywood that makes that trade so amazing for them is he's getting to the last year of his rookie deal, and you see what these receivers are making nowadays with you know, at least twenty million a year for all these like young up and coming receivers, and I do not think Hollywood is worth you know a deal like that, especially the way the Ravens' offense is. So the fact that they just got a three year rental on Hollywood Brown on a rookie contract, and then were able to flip it for basically the same exact pick that they had three years ago, and get a the top center in the draft, Linderbaum, that was a steal for them, absolute steal. Yeah, I, mean, I think also on the other side of that, though, for the Cardinals, I, I think it's a perfect move. You know, they get their um, Christian Kirk replacement. 
And he obviously played with Kyler at Oklahoma. So I think they're going to have instant chemistry. I mean, yeah. And with no, D out also, he's going to be crucial those first six games. I just yeah. wanted one other one other question I wanted to ask you guys about this draft. And I think a lot of people were a little surprised just how far these quarterbacks slipped in this draft. I know the whole argument throughout this entire draft process was that these this quarterback class wasn't all that. A lot of teams needed quarterbacks. Was it just known across the league that these guys were going to fall and you'd have opportunities late? Because I know a lot of people were still projecting three, four of these guys to go in the first round. We only saw one go in the first round. I don't think we saw any in the second. And then we saw, I think, only Malik Willis in the third. Were you guys surprised by this? Yes. Short answer, yes. Malik Willis is literally projected as a number two pick like a week before the draft. So, right. yeah, it's crazy. It's just – there's nothing even to say about it. It's, I mean, it's I think that this is probably the worst quarterback class I can remember. But um, at the same time, it just goes to show you, I mean – you can't trust what any of these coaches say in their pre-draft interviews because they're all just throwing okay. smoke screens. And the, the best the best example is Mike Tomlin. Everyone was saying how he was raving about Malik Willis and how he was praying that Malik would be there, but he knew Malik wouldn't be on the board at 20. And then guess what? Malik Willis on the board at 20, and he takes Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, you can't really trust anything these guys say, but, I mean – not, no one in this quarterback class stood out to me. I didn't even think Kenny Pickett's anything special. Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I don't want to say it surprised me that – or it didn't surprise me that they fell this late, but you look at the draft class, as we mentioned, it's or quarterbacks at least were weaker this year, and then you look at next year. Yep. I mean, my goodness, there's a chance you could see like six quarterbacks in the first ten picks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just go down the list, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levi – I mean, Anthony Richardson, Richard these guys just, they're, they're everywhere. Um, shout out, by the way, looking ahead to next year's draft, Brian Breezy out of Montgomery County is projected to be a top 10 pick in the draft next year. He's the real deal out of Clemson. We've seen it. He was the number one recruit out of our area. It'll be fun to see that kid in the NFL. It's going to be crazy. So that leads us in, I think we're at our hot takes. Yeah. We are at our hot takes. Um, I'll let one of you go first, but let's see, let's see what we got to say. Well, I think Bill already has his hot take. I said it already. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I didn't really prepare one, but I guess I can go with that one. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that was – that, that's hot. I mean, the AFC is obviously completely loaded this year. I'm not saying the Jets are going to go to the playoffs by any means. <laughs> I just think that they took the right steps. and unlike the Jets out of the last 15 years or 20 years, they have done nothing right. I think this is the first time every Jets fan could say they did a lot of things right in this draft. Uh, yeah, um, totally agree. I think Salah's changing the culture in New York. Um, that team is a lot to look forward to at the end of the day. I, th- I really am a believer in Zach Wilson. I- I'm not sure he's had the weapons he's needed. You throw him Brees Hall, you got Michael Carter there, you got Garrett Wilson – and you got the kid from Ole Miss. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a young And they added Uzama from Cincinnati. That was a good signing. That was yeah. a great signing for them. Yeah. I just think you got a young team out there that's got nothing to lose. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs by any means. That, that's not my hot take. But <laughs> they did a lot of things right in this draft, and I think the Jets got a lot to look forward to. So what's your hot take? I honestly – I'll go first if you, you, think if you want to stack, though. If you want to stack, Bill, I can go first. Go ahead. So I wanted to say – this one would be way too biased. I was, I was going to say Jalen Hurts would be the number one fantasy QB, but he was, he was top five last year, and I don't think that's a crazy take considering his rushing ability. It's crazy. But this one's a wild one. You ready for this one? NBA Finals MVP 2022, Jordan Poole. Let me explain. I think the Warriors are the best team, best team in the playoffs right now. I think Curry and Clay, I, I, I just think their veteran, veteran leadership and experience is going to take them the distance. But if you, if you do remember, Steph Curry has no finals MVPs and is obviously the main focal point of any defense. I don't think Clay Thompson is going to put up the numbers to have an MVP like finals. Jordan Poole's been averaging 23 a game. 
and this guy, I mean, no one's game planning for him, and he's got he's got all the tools in his bag. It might be a little bit crazy, but I, I'm telling you right now, I think the Warriors cut down the nets, and Jordan Poole is standing there at the NBA Finals MVP trophy. I actually like that a lot. I don't know why, but <laughs> it, it makes sense. Like, it's almost like Iguodala winning. It, it's like a similar situation to that, you know. I, I, I don't hate that. I like that a lot, actually. Freeman, what do you got? Oh, geez. Um, I don't think uh, – I guess this is kind of more of a prediction than a hot take, but I think that – I think Julio Jones ends up on the Ravens. And I think that he has a resurgence in his fantasy career. At yeah, least. You were looking at him. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that he could be the guy they need, like a big possession guy, go up and get it. You know, they don't really – they not really have that big body receiver guy. I guess Rashad Bateman, as you mentioned, is there. And he's – I think he's going to take a big step. But I think Julio Jones goes to the Ravens and Lamar gets his bonafide kind of superstar stud receiver. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, I, I've heard a lot of rumors. They're they're looking for a veteran guy to come into that locker room and kind of groom these young guys. They got Duvernay. They got – they got uh, what's the guy with the P last name? What's his name? He's never really seen the field. Who? Ravens? Prochet. Prochet. James Prochet. Yeah. James Prochet. I mean, they got a lot of young receivers there. So they need a – they want a veteran guy to come in. I know they're looking at Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton. Julio was another name in there. So I mean that that wouldn't be a bad idea for the for the Ravens to do that. Um, it'll be it'll be good to see Gus and uh, J.K. Dobbins back on the field for them. I think the Ravens were missing them this year big time. But going to my hot take, I think the Arizona Cardinals this year are going to miss the playoffs, and I think next year you're going to see Kyler Murray get traded. And I think there's a number of spots that Kyler could go. I think if you look across the NFL, I think a lot of these GMs are realizing that trading for a quarterback and going all in on guys is, is the move. I mean, Tampa Bay did it two years ago, and last year was Matt Stafford. I think you're just looking across the board. There's a lot of teams that are ready to win. I hate to say it, but the Eagles are in that position. And if Hurts has a bad season, it would not surprise me if they go after a guy and trade their two first-rounders next year and package a few guys to get a guy like Kyler Murray. Um, this is extremely hot, obviously, as I'm saying, I just, I don't think Kyler's happy there. I know there's all these rumors that he's not happy, but then people are rebutting these rumors. I hate Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's a bum. I think he got that job for no reason. That's a tough division, the Niners and the Rams. It's, it's really not even that hot to me, in my opinion. I think the Cardinals are going to miss the playoffs no. and Kyler Murray will be traded the year after. I'm not yeah, saying I love that, that I, I think didn't love that. that. Yeah. So I love that, that, that's what I'm thinking there. So, yeah. So I have two hot takes, but they'll be, I'll, I won't really explain any of them. I was going to say them. So I think Sean Watson and the Browns are going to go five and 12. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a good season at all. I don't, I just don't think Watson has the weapons. He took a year off football, five and 11, five and 12 for the Browns. And this is similar to Jack's take. Um, I think the Miami Heat are going to make the finals, and I think they're going to win with Tyler Hero being finals MVP over Jimmy and Bam. So I don't know if that's as hot, but um, – That is hot. I don't think anyone's counting the Heat in. And well, they I can am. match up with Milwaukee or Boston, no problem. So I, I – Oh, yeah. I'm not arguing that, but yeah. – I definitely do think the Suns and Golden State are the two favorites still from when we started this pod and we were discussing teams to win. I think those two teams are the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a Warriors slash Heat slash Bucks finals, but Miami does Don't make it out of Don't count out Boston. That's the one thing, though, Ginge. The Heat, if they did win it all, they don't really have, like, a- anyone could win MVP on that team. I mean, like, there's no, yeah, like, true. one guy that's just really carrying the load, but Hero's at, been the best for them offensively in the playoffs so far. Look That's at uh, look at Victor Oladipo, how he's been coming out of nowhere. I mean, he he's was playing uh, great. He was he's pretty irrelevant great. during their regular season, and he was hurt. Nowhere, he's been hurt. Yeah, he's, he's been, been hurt, hurt but he wasn't he wasn't a factor during the regular season, and now he's putting up great minutes and contributing to that team tremendously in this series. That is true. Going uh, off what ba- wait, going off Bale's hot take real quick about the Kyler Murray thing. The Eagles are literally 
in prime position the way they've set themselves up with two first round picks and over 30 million in cap space next year. This is literally an audition for Jalen Hurts' franchise quarterback tenure because he is on such a short lease right now. He's got a top three O-line in the league. He's got one of the best young receiving duos in football and then a 27-year-old tight end who just got paid and is probably top five in the league. All that with the number one rushing attack and offense. I mean, if Jalen Hurts can't make it work this year, then he's got to find a a different day job or something. He he should – get on LinkedIn or something. And it's not like Howie Roseman hasn't been looking at the Aaron Rodgers, the Deshaun Watson. Oh no. Yeah. That's been known in the Eagles organization that they are, they, they really truly believe they're a win now team. And I think there's still a few weaknesses in that secondary. They didn't really address that. There is. Um, but it really will not surprise me if you go after a guy like Kyler or someone like that. I mean, you saw what Denver did with Russ. It's just these teams mm-hmm. think, going all in on these guys works and it's proven over the last two years. Yeah, it has. And we'll see how Denver does this year after going all in for Russ. All right. This has been a heavily anticipated debate. We talked about it briefly a couple we I think a month. It's been a month since we talked about this. The GOAT athletes of all sports. We left off at the fact that Mr. Balo doesn't think a hockey player can be considered a GOAT athlete. Uh, Brandon disagrees. Let's jump right back in. Who's Not a good athlete? My thing is, I mean, I think when you think of goat, goat athlete, there's no no one's been more dominant in their prime than Tiger Woods. I think, um, you know, what the way he transcended golf, I mean, it was remarkable, and I don't think there's even a close second with him. But I mean. In every sport, you have your debates. In soccer, you know, you got your Messi, Ronaldo. Basketball, you got LeBron, MJ. There's a few sports where there's a unanimous, unarguable GOAT. And it's I think you have to put it between Tiger Woods and Tom Brady. But obviously, Tom Brady's gotten very fortunate with a bunch of his rings and whatever. But Tiger Woods has just been straight-up dominant. Um, He's got over 100 career wins. Um, He's come back from, you know, two – two huge adversity streak. He almost fucking couldn't walk again and came back. He won a Masters after, you know, leaving the game for years. I mean, I think Tiger Woods is the GOAT. Just to kind of put things into perspective, so we all know um, Scotty Scheffler just won the Masters, and he's been crazy hot as of recently. I saw some stat. I'm not sure the exact number, so don't quote me on this, but within the past calendar year, 12 months, He's placed top 10, and I want to say it was like 70% of his starts, and one, I want to say like 25% of his starts. That's for one calendar year. Tiger Woods did that for, I want to say it was a 10-year span, which is just absurd. He won over 30% in a 10-year span. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you it's saw that stat too. 34%. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's... I don't think people realize, and we're, we're too young to realize, when Tiger Woods would enter a tournament from 2000 to like 2008, roughly during that time period, there would be bets Tiger versus the field at even money because mm-hmm. he would literally, he would win every tournament he entered. It was just, he dominated the game that much. And I think a true reason why golf has evolved so much is due to Tiger Woods. And you, I can pretty much confidently say you will never see someone in our lifetime dominate any sport like the way Tiger Woods did in golf. I guess this is my rebuttal part. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I got to say is I got to kind of wrap it up because I have to run. But I mean, for Wayne Gretzky, my argument, I don't I, I don't think anyone ever, even 200 years after we die, I think nobody will catch his point total goals and assists. I, I just it's not possible. It's really not. I mean, he came into the league also a year too late because that's like he came in when the NHL was expanding. So he missed out on an extra season potentially, you know. If they had been in, if he had been in the NHL, like at his prime age, 18, then who knows what his like point total could have been. But I mean, you see Ovechkin, like he's trying to chase him down with just goals. It's going to take him, you know, 19 seasons strictly on goals. You take away all his goals. He's still the all time point or point scorer. I mean, it's, it's just impossible to conceptualize. That is insane. Yeah, 
I mean, go. I'm a little surprised that in this argument, Tom Brady and Michael Jordan have just not been mentioned. It's very no, I, I mentioned Tom I, Brady. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone, did you everyone mention Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like, it's such a interesting debate because it's like, you know, when you think of the goat athlete, are you talking about like the most dominant in their sport or like the best athlete or like whatever? Um. I, I think it's MJ. I think when it comes to everything about him, I think the winning aspect, the mentality, um, everything, I think it's MJ. But, you know, other good answers are obviously Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps, who I mentioned a couple weeks back. I got a, I got some shit for that. But I still believe um, he's one of the most dominant athletes of all time. Um, and, yeah, Tom Brady, obviously. I'm not the biggest fan of him. But, you know, seven rings, seven rings. And he's just reigned over the NFL. So, yeah, go top it. It's very debatable um, within the sports, but when you're talking about the goat athlete in general, that's where you know a lot of factors have to come in. So my answer is going to be MJ, but you can make an argument for any of you guys to mention. I totally agree. Well, it also what's really interesting about this argument. It depends what you define as the goat athlete. Do you define it as the best winner, or you define it as the best overall athlete? And so that, that's kind of where this argument gets lost because I think pretty much everyone would agree T Tom Brady is not the best athlete on the planet. He's not. He's arguably the best winner right. of all time. Right. Yeah. Um, no. And so that, that, that's where it comes into. I, I like the fact that Phelps is in that argument because he needs to be in that argument. The guy completely dominated swimming for, mm -hmm. I believe, 16 years. He played in, what, four Olympics? And I think he has 20 gold medals. I mean, the guy is the, mo the most decorated Olympian of all time. And I don't think anyone will ever touch what he did in the Olympics. Um, going back, though, Tiger Woods, I think I really think you're going to see arguments for LeBron and MJ over the next few years. There's so many good players in the NBA. And you're going to also see other quarterbacks. You got Patrick Mahomes now. You got Josh Allen. You're going to see guys that get debated. I really don't think you, you ever see anyone get debated against Tiger Woods in the sport of golf. You just, you're, you're never, never going to see anyone. It's never, never going to happen. What he did is just, it, it, he changed the game in so many ways. And when I always say when he is playing golf, it's the best for the game because everyone just wants to watch Tiger Woods play golf. That's, the, that's just the bottom line. Totally agree. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode eight. I'm not going to, share the name but we may have a special guest coming on next week just got to figure that out so definitely tune in should be a good one and we will be back soon thank you for listening